morning everyone. The Bible reading this morning is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of a friendship, Yet, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Knocking on Heaven's Door uh, was written by Bob Dylan uh, in 1973. So that's um, two years before I was, no, one year before I was born. <laughs> At Revive by Guns and Roses, uh, Roses in uh, 1992. Yeah, and then uh, even covered by numerous uh, artists uh, after that, including Avril Lavigne. And I'm sure we all know Avril. Scatterboy, anyway, whatever. It's a catchy tune, right? Knocking on heaven's door. And even if those words, uh, you know, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, uh, are not based on Jesus' words in Luke 11, uh, they should be. It's just too good a hook, I reckon, uh, not to use to get in our mind at what prayer is, right? Knocking on heaven's door. Jesus says God wants us to be knocking on his door and asking him for stuff, but, as with all prayer, it's the second part of the conversation that God has initiated. And so, as such, Jesus is keen for us to be asking, seeking, and knocking in a certain way, uh, which is what we're going to be looking at uh, a little bit closer today, the knocking. But, first, 
Uh, let's recap on where we've been so far over the last uh, number of weeks when it comes to prayer, the series on prayer that we've been doing. Firstly, we saw that Jesus' prayers are the most important. Uh, he not only died the death we should have died, but he lived the righteous life that we should have lived. As such, he prayed the prayers that we should have prayed in our place for our sake. Our prayers, they're only acceptable in Christ. For Christ, he is the one true prayer. Secondly, we saw uh, the proper form of prayer throughout the scriptures is asking God to keep his promises, which he says are all fulfilled in Christ. And we're going to come back to that uh, today. And then after that, uh, we spent a couple of weeks looking at uh, what's been called uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' template prayer, that shows us the richness of calling on God our Father in heaven and asking him for a number of things. Firstly, that his holy name be praised, which we looked at in more detail uh, a couple of weeks ago with praise in prayer, and then to be asking for forgiveness, which comes along with confession, which we uh, looked at last week. This week we're going to be looking at the prayers of petition, or supplication, basically fancy words uh, that basically mean asking God for for stuff, for things. And guided by uh, Jesus' model prayer, uh, we're going to see that. We're going to see, firstly, uh, we're going to, going to see that we're to ask for God, ask God for things with his promises in mind. Okay, that's the first thing we're going to look at. Secondly, we're, going to, uh, we're to ask that people submit to Jesus. And, and then thirdly, uh, we should be asking for things favourable to living a godly life here and now. And then finally, we're going to see that we should do all that patiently. So, that's where we're going. First up, we're to ask God for things with his promises in mind. In the Bible reading that we just read, uh, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. But ask what, particularly? Well, I take it, we're to ask what he's just encouraged us to pray in the Lord's Prayer just a few verses earlier. That the Father's name be hallowed, that his kingdom come, that he give us our daily bread, that he forgive us, and lead us away from temptation into righteousness. And all these things he's promised to give us in Christ. He's promised these things to us. But this isn't uh, the limit to his promises. Uh, There are many, there are a bunch of God's promises uh, made throughout the Bible that Jesus' teaching here also applies to. So, for instance, in James 1, uh, there's the promise of wisdom, if we ask for it. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, there's the promise that God will never leave us. He'll never uh, abandon us or forsake us. We can be sure as we ask for these things that God will keep his promises. Uh, He's more than happy to give us these things uh, to us. In fact, even if we misunderstand what he's promised, and yet we're seeking from him good things as our Heavenly Father, he'll give us the best thing. As we, uh, Jesus points out in the reading we just had, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he uh, give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Of course not. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him for good things? So when it comes to gifts, our Heavenly Father, he, he's got the scoop. Uh, as his children, we can ask him for a bunch of good stuff. Uh, but he knows what's best for us, and he'll give it to us. In the 80s, when I was a kid, uh, Lego was a really well-established and loved toy, as it still is today. Uh, and Mum and Dad, uh, they were pretty good at uh, 
you know, getting my brother and I some pretty cool Lego. Uh, but it was generally the small to mid-range um, sets, which was cool. Tim and I were happy with that. Uh, we were happy with that Lego. But then one day something happened. Dad stepped it up a level. Uh, and he came out uh, home with one of the bigger sets. It was a huge yellow castle. Remember that, Dad? Oh, yeah. And with a bunch of cool little soldier minifigs. Uh, and their cool little helmets with all the nose pieces and all their weapons. And I can remember being blown out of my mind. And Tim was too. Should have seen his eyeballs. Uh, we were not expecting that at all. I'm sure like most uh, kids at some stage, we were keen to have some Lego. Um, and I'm sure Mum and Dad heard us uh, multiple times saying, we have some Lego, we want some Lego. That's something we'd say, give us some Lego. Uh, but we were not expecting that. We were not expecting a mega yellow castle. And it didn't even matter that Tim and I ended up watching Dad make it first because he was so keen. It was just so, so good. It was the best. Uh, in the same way, our Heavenly Father is going to give us the best. Not just, not, not stuff to kill us or to destroy us. <laughs> That'd be like Dad giving Tim and I a box of red-backed spiders instead of that Lego castle. Uh, which, of course, that, that never happened. That never did. But in the same way, God's going to give us the best, right? The Holy Spirit. Who is God himself with us and in us, which of course is the best gift that any kid can get. Their dad always been with them and for them. So for our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, he is keen to be with us uh, and give us all he's promised. So we should ask him for what he's promised. Which brings us to uh, the second point. He's promised that everyone and everything will submit to Jesus. That is a dead set certainty. He has promised that it will happen. So we should ask the Heavenly Father for it. Which is what it means to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Because as it is in heaven now, uh, God's promise will promise that that will be the case uh, on earth. As uh, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1, He, God, has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity in all things, uh, unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. The plan for all things, the entire universe, is to be under Christ. Everyone will have to submit to Jesus at some stage. And so we should pray that people submit to him willingly now. That they believe in him as their saviour and their lord and are saved. As Paul says elsewhere, God our saviour wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So we should want what God wants. This is part of the reason why we here regularly encourage our growth groups to be praying for our various missionaries and missionary organisations. And why we should be regularly asking our Heavenly Father that people submit to Jesus in faith and be saved and come into the truth of a personal relationship with God. And not just to be saved into that relationship, but to actually grow in that relationship. As we touched on a couple of weeks ago, with that turn of phrase that Jesus used, what's called a litotus, or in Jesus' model prayer, you know, lead us not into temptation, which is an ironic kind of understatement, emphasise asking God to lead us instead into righteousness which he promises 
to those who hunger for it. He says, uh, as much he promises, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's a promise. And so we should be regularly asking our Heavenly Father that people submit to Jesus, that we submit to Jesus more and grow in faith more and in righteousness more. And finally, we're to regularly ask that Jesus return. Uh, Because that's when everyone and everything will be seen to submit to Jesus, right? And where everything will be made right. And our Heavenly Father will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or injustice. This is something our Father promises will happen. So no wonder the Bible finishes with that prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. So as we come to ask for our our Father, our Heavenly Father for things, we should ask that everyone and everything submit to Jesus by believing in Him, growing in Him, or with Him coming back. For years now, a a popular genre in uh, video gaming is uh, apocalyptic scenarios. Games like Halo Infinite, or Fallout 4, or The Last of Us Part 2, or Nier Automata, just from this year, which I'm sure everyone here is familiar with. Yes, we've got one taker of the back, that's right. These games, they all depict the final days of Earth, and humankind as pretty bleak, with some force trying to take over the world, whether that be zombies, uh, or machines gone wild, or inevitable war, forces that need to be resisted and defeated. And the fun of these games uh, is twofold. Firstly, in figuring out how best to play the game to get to the promised victory over whatever shocking or terrible thing is threatening life on Earth. That's the first fun thing. Secondly, because unlike life, which often doesn't feel like having any promised ultimate victory and that our efforts make no difference in the fight for one, uh, in these games there is an ultimate victory and our efforts do make a difference. It's fun. But what these games promise in the virtual, only God can promise in reality. Because we know that he's programmed the goal of this life to end in Jesus' victory. He's coming back again one day. Dead set. And so we can enjoy playing the game well. As we pray and ask that everyone and everything submit to Jesus. To pray this kind of prayer then is like being handed the latest gaming controller. So let's get to practicing, to playing, and to praying. Praying that everything and everyone, including ourselves, submit to Jesus, then and now. Which brings us to the third point. Asking for a godly life here and now while we wait for Jesus to return. Which I think is the the thrust of Jesus' template prayer, uh, where he teaches us to pray, give us our daily bread, and lead us not into temptation. Uh, As Mentioned in a previous week, as we ask God to give us our daily bread, it's worth noting the significance of the word bread, that as God's people we should ask him to give us bread, which is actually to trust God with our basic needs so that we might live, but also to remember that he provides that. Life lived with our needs met then is always with him because he provides us, and that he provides us daily, or better, for the coming day, not just today or tomorrow, but also that final day in mind, such that the bread Jesus tells us to ask for is both physical and spiritual. Can you see that? 
that we ask for our daily needs, but always with Jesus in mind, who is the bread for eternal life. So to ask our Heavenly Father to give us our bread for the coming day is to acknowledge that while we need basic necessities like bread to live, we don't live on bread alone, but on God's word, come in the flesh, Jesus Christ, to ask for life with Jesus every day until that final day. As such, we should ask our Father to work the good at every level in our society. As the Apostle Paul writes, I urge them, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So to ask God to give us our daily bread, it's to pray for good government and industry and society. It's to pray that this so that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. All in view of God's desire to see all people saved from that day of judgment and come into the knowledge of living with Jesus every day. It's interesting that prayer and fasting in the Bible they are often linked together, probably not by accident. And so maybe we ask, as we ask our Father to give us our daily bread, you know, for good government, industry, society and godliness, that we might consider occasionally fasting from food so that we might better focus on feeding on Jesus in our prayers. Because there's nothing like not eating to remind us that we don't live on bread alone. Uh, they help us instead focus on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What's more, I think, the hour in our daily bread, that's significant too. It suggests that such a prayer is to be done together as God's people. Uh, as we gather together to feed on Jesus, so to speak, we should be praying together too, which makes sense, as the Bible tells us. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, how better to encourage each other than praying together as we meet together, praying together that our Father would give us our daily bread as we see the day of Jesus' return approaching. Now, that means if you're watching at home at the moment and you've got no good reason to come to church in person, you're not praying with God's people as Jesus calls you to. Or for that matter, singing uh, with and to each other, as Jesus also calls us to. Or importantly, taking the Lord's Supper together, so that together we might proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, as Jesus wants us to. The Lord's Supper, singing and importantly praying, these are things Jesus wants us to do in person together. It's wonderful that those who are genuinely, genuinely can't be with us in person can join us online and it's great that we have that facility but I'm sure they're under no illusions that that's a shadow of being with us in person but for those of us who have no good excuse please don't mock those who do as they would love to be here with us in person if they could so come to church in person so that you can genuinely pray to our Father in Heavenly Father and ask him to give us our daily bread together. It's cool to think that as we meet together, to pray together, that our Father gives us our daily bread, that just 
to, to, as we pray that, that our Father will give us our daily bread, that just meaning to do this in and of itself is an answer to that prayer. So let's keep asking that our Father give us our daily bread. And that he also lead us not into temptation, but into righteousness, which we've already touched on in a previous week. But it's worth noting that uh, this is the last ask in Jesus' model prayer, because it speaks to the goal of our salvation. Now, Jesus didn't die just to save us from the punishment of our sins. He rose from the dead so that we might live a new life for God. You know, right back with Abraham, God promised that he was going to bless the nations through him. You might remember that. And that blessing is, you know what that blessing is? The blessing is not salvation. The blessing is the gift of the Holy Spirit. To all who are like Abraham, have faith in God's promises, which we know are all fulfilled in Jesus. And as we believe then, in Jesus, the Holy Spirit does something wonderful within us. As God says through the prophet Ezekiel, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. If anyone believes in Jesus, God does heart surgery on them. He takes out our stony heart, our stony dead heart, he puts a fresh new one in and he breathes life into it beautifully. The word for breath is spirit. He gives the Spirit. The Spirit animates our new heart and our, and our new attitude towards God. He sets our heart on fire for God. And He is the one who then moves us to call on God as Father. And He's also then the one who moves us to love Him and His righteous ways. And so to ask our Heavenly Father to lead us into righteousness, that's actually to be moved by the Holy Spirit moved by him into the whole point of being saved. That is, to love and obey our Heavenly Father and to enjoy loving him and obeying him. I had a mate in high school who somehow got his hands on a canister of pure sodium. Uh, pure sodium is highly reactive with water. Uh, it sets on fire and then explodes, right? And uh, he thought it was cool, maybe with me, uh, sometimes to go at night and throw chunks of this sodium into puddles of water, maybe pools as well, but we won't get into that. Uh, and then watch all the lights turn on in every home down the street as they exploded into a massive shower. It's fantastic. Um, well, and I don't recommend doing that. Anyway, well, to ask our Heavenly Father to give us our daily bread and lead us into righteousness, it's like pouring water on pure sodium. It's to be moved by the Holy Spirit to fire up our heart for God in Jesus while we wait for Jesus to return. Which brings us to the final point. We need to ask patiently. Because let's face it, sometimes it can feel like God's a little distant, that he lacks an interest in our life here and now, that he's taking his time. Doesn't feel like that as we suffer with our own sinful habits or the stupid and hurtful behaviour of others or with the broken systems in our world or broken communities that we live in, things we pray that God would fix or take away and he just doesn't seem to. Well, Jesus here, he tells a really cool story about this. 
Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me or shaming me, uh, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen one, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they, they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now the point of that story is that God is nothing like the unjust judge. And so if this unjust judge is shamed into giving this widow justice, how much more so our just and compassionate Father who loves to give his people good things? He's given us the very best thing in sending his Son to die for us and then his Holy Spirit to live with us and in us. And so we can trust he's going to send Jesus back again soon at which point we'll never need to ask for anything. And so in the meantime, we should ask patiently, knowing that our Father will not put us off, not forever, that he will answer, even though he hasn't yet, that he hasn't abandoned us, even though it might feel like that, that he hears every word we ask, even though there's no visible evidence that he cares, much less hears. Like the widow, we can patiently persevere asking because we know our, our Heavenly Father keeps His promises in Christ by His Holy Spirit now and eternally then. So, let's knock, knock, knock on Heaven's door with the invite of our Father's promises in hand and patiently keep on knocking for everyone and everything to submit to Jesus and for a godly life while we wait for him to come again. So let's spend a few minutes doing just that now, using the Lord's Prayer uh, as we do, a little bit of a template. So let's pray quietly, knocking on heaven's door.